Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your co-host tonight, Scott Kennedy. No, I'm not Chad Jensen. Chad Jensen is out in the woods trying to get um, internet through rabbit ears and tinfoil (laughs) on them, and it's just not working very well for him. And on this side over here is Zach Kelberman. Zach and I have done lots of shows together, and we have a blast doing this, so we hope you have fun with us tonight. And welcome in, Zach. uh, It's good to be here tonight. (laughs) Scott, have you seen Black Sheep? Like the sequel to Tommy Boy? I haven't. I ha- is it, it's not the same characters. It's just kind of like a continuation of the story. Yeah, same actors, different story. Yeah, yeah, okay. No, I didn't see it. But Tommy Boy is one of my favorite comedies. Let me just say Black Sheep is criminally underrated. There's a scene in there that reminded you said rabbit ears and trying to get reception. There's a scene when Chris Farley is like walking along the top of the mountain with this big, you know, the long cell phones back then. He hits a tree and rolls down the hill. It's just hilarious. So were you on a walkie talkie? Did I hear a niner in there? (laughs) So you can actually hear you getting fatter. It's that's one of the great things. One of the great (laughs) things about kids is I always said, you know, what would it be like to be able to watch some of those things for the first time again? I'm like, wait, that's what kids are. You know, until you get halfway through Raiders of the Lost Ark and you're really excited about it. And they're like, can I do something else? You're like, uh, go, go. <laughs> this movie's epic, but whatever. But speaking of epic, we're on an epic week. This is last week was, oh, you know, hey, it's it's, you know, bye week. Yeah, right. Bye week. Did anybody feel like they were cheated out of Broncos news or excitement last week with uh, with the cutdowns and then the big the big uh, the big signing with Russell Wilson? No, a lot of stuff to talk about last week. It, it made the that dead period fly by, and when the Broncos take the field tomorrow, they're getting ready for Seattle. I mean, week one is literally around the corner, eight days away. I, I am so happy, Scott. Can't wait to whoop their behinds. Yeah, and there's so many people that are fantasy players that week one could be, you know, three or four days away, really. And on that note, you know, it is winning season. It's officially returned, the NFL, and with the regular season just about here, There are plenty of opportunities to win at my bookie. 
Whether you're a seasoned better or a first timer, my bookie gets you the most for your money with a double deposit bonus up to a thousand bucks. It's simple. Follow the link in the show's description and sign up using promo code Wilson22 on your first deposit, and you'll instantly double your money with my bookie. It really is simple, Broncos country. For example, a $250 deposit puts $500 in your account, and you can use your funds to bet on as many individual games, contests, or props as you want. Uh, Bet on team winning totals, predict the Super Bowl winner, or use the MyBookie prop builder to give yourself the edge you need to secure the bag. Again, use code Wilson22 when you sign up and get double your deposit. Follow the link in the comments and notes below and click join now. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Thanks. Uh, I almost said Chad. Thanks, Zach. All these four-letter names Nick. and stuff. You know, there's there, we only share about six names amongst. You know, never mind. Um, so there was one thing before we get into the Seahawks that I wanted to touch on because the last time I was on with y'all was, you know, right after the, uh, the signing and Michaela came on and, and with a super asked a question. He says, what do you make of the rumors that there was a deadline? There was a deadline or no deal. And I was in the background going, I'm telling you, this is what happened. This is what happened. And it, it turns out, you know, that's what happened. And yeah, was it sensationalized? Of course. Of course it was. Was there a deadline? Yeah, there was. Hey, we want to get this done by X date. And if it's not done, no problem. But now we're going to focus on football. No, you know, no big deal. But if it's not done now, I don't want to think about this during the season. I don't want to be asked about it. I want to be able to say, we're going to handle that after the season. I don't want to say, oh, we're a negotiator. I don't want anything about it. Talk to my agent, nothing. So if it's not done by this date, it doesn't mean no deal. It just means... Not yet. And there was a the good story on the front page of milehighhuddle.com just with George Payton pretty much saying exactly that. Yeah, a lot of times players set these uh, hard deadlines right before the season. And like Scott was saying, if it doesn't get done, then we're tabling talks until the offseason. You know, talk to me then. And uh, if you want to talk to me, you can reach my agent. I'm busy worrying about football. That's what mm-hmm. Russell Wilson wanted to be about. And you can call him corny or whatever you want. But the man is committed and devoted one billion percent to the game of football and the Denver Broncos. I'm sure negotiations got contentious like we talked about on the podcast uh, earlier this week, when you're negotiating a contract worth almost in total $300 million with a franchise quarterback, things can get tricky. It's not like, you know, checking out your local Walmart. It's a lot of different hoops you have to jump tricky, through. Zach. It's not easy anymore with the self-checkout, that's but that's tricky. a whole other story. But it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a hard process to go through. And uh, along the way, you have to set uh, standards between yourself and the team and kind of meet in the middle. Yeah, again, a quarter billion dollar extension is going to take a little time. Did it probably get heated at times? Sure. That's why you've got an agent. Um, You know, if it was, if both sides should be feeling that they got a good deal, both sides should feel like they gave something up. That's pretty much the heart of a, a good deal. But, you know, the sensationalized headline of, you know, deal or no deal, you know, baloney. This was Russell Wilson. I admire them for saying, listen, it gets done now by this day. Or we're putting it off because it's it's time for football, and this week it's time for football, and uh, you know they're they're all business. So I want to say some, hello to some folks in the chat coming in. Uh, Phil Mc, Phil McLaughlin kicking it, uh, breaking the ice with some stars on Facebook. Said good evening, Zach and Scott. Hey, that's us. One more week, let's ride. I, I tell you what, 
are you happy to be on national TV with your first game, or would you rather have like you know a nice Sunday one o'clock kickoff no. and and not have to wait an extra thirty hours? No, I'm fine with it. I want the Seahawks in prime time. I want the whole country. I want the whole world to see what Russell Wilson and the Broncos are going to do to Geno <laughs> Smith, Pete Carroll, and the Seahawks. I want everyone to see that. So would you? Would you rather have the Thursday night or would you rather have a long week of preparation and go Sunday or Monday morning? I'm actually not a big fan of Thursday night games. Mm-hmm. I remember when they used to be like maybe twice a year and they became an every week staple. Uh, so I prefer a Sunday or Monday game, but I'm so happy it's in prime time. Yeah, I liked the college Thursday night games, but hell, I haven't watched those. It's like Thursdays, like I'm still doing family stuff. You know, it's almost like we had kind of had our days you know, our, our football schedule, we could kind of plan around that until they try and put football into every part of our schedule. It's like, well, something's got to give and it ain't going to be the kids. I'll tell you that much. Um, but Phil, thanks again for coming in. Um, Garth Knight has come in also. He says, MHH, as a new Bronco fan, I got to know if there's a scientific advantage from the team flying from mile high to sea level for Monday Night Football. I absolutely believe that there's an advantage in cooler climates. Um, to you know you read about cyclists training up in the in altitude all the time i believe there is i think it's i think it's a little probably a little tougher for west coast guys to come down into the south uh, playing in carolina playing jacksonville playing miami um tampa outdoors the, the atlanta's inside now so that's that and they were always terrible so um you know those teams aren't historically that great but I think that's a bigger difference. Of course, I think it's also worse for a team like the Dolphins to go to mile high in the altitude in the snow in December. I think that's even worse. So yeah, I think there's an advantage trading in in, uh, in at mile high for sure. Yeah, I just think, think it's a somewhat weak excuse to fall back on one way or the other. I mean, these are multi-million dollar world-class athletes. They can adjust to a different climate for three hours in a given day, but you know, hopefully it doesn't affect the Broncos too much. And like Scott was saying, this is not a Denver team or even a Seattle team going to Miami in September when it's brutally hot or, or Buffalo when it's brutally cold. There's a, mm-hmm. a fairly decent trade-off, I think, between Seattle and Denver, so I'm not too worried about that. Yeah, the climate, climate shouldn't be too big of a problem, but yeah, I think you've got a little bit more air in your lungs when you're when you're going the next day for sure assuming that you if assuming everything's equal meaning we're training equally um but there might be something to be said that maybe i can't train as hard because of the altitude you, you never know it's not it's not going to end up being the long-term difference but yeah garth i think there is an advantage to training at altitude that's why you see so many olympians and and tour de france guys and, and world-class cyclists try and do it that way not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl not anymore the biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names clothes identities and bodies Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Uh, KB82, that's our buddy Kenneth Booker. Booker, Booker coming in, coming in blue. He Thank says, you, who will have the better season, Hamler or Montrell? Mm. It's got to be Hamler, right? I mean, he's penciled in as the wide receiver three. He's going to get more targets than Montrell, but it's it's more along the lines of how often are the Broncos going to actually work Montrell into the offense. You know, we know he's the primary kick returner, punt returner. He's going to be a special teams star, but how often can you really get him the ball except for trick plays when you have so many other mouths to feed? And one of those mouths to feed is KJ Hamler. So at, by the numbers, I'm taking KJ. How about you, Scott? Uh, I think Hamler also. Um, last year, if, if you look at the wide receivers for uh, Russell Wilson on the Seattle Seahawks, the fourth wide receiver had, let me see, 10 receptions for 64 yards. Um they should throw a lot more, but even if you double that, it's tough for the fourth guy. Um, and I think Montrell should be at best fourth coming in. And hopefully Mon, uh, Hamler is a legit all season number three. That would be spectacular. Um, but again, there's a ton of mouths to feed on this offense, uh, spreading it around. And, and Zach and I, we can get into this a little bit later, but Zach and I were talking about fantasy football and why everybody except maybe Javante Williams. And even then, uh, why everybody uh, except for Russell Wilson is kind of a fantasy football problem uh, because of all of the diversity across the team and, and weapons. So um, Montrell, if he has a huge impact on return, he should touch He might touch the ball as many times. So if he has a huge impact on returns, your definition of better could be, uh, you know, different. Hopefully it's a good argument at the end and not, you know, who was worse. It, hopefully it's a definitely who's better and you know who's always better for us is gary leeds palmer coming in on facebook with the stars he says good afternoon zach and scott is there any way seattle can the seattle seahawks can win don't see it go broncos let's ride go ahead zach i'll let you take this there was a movie made about it called any given sunday and that holds up in reality you know in the year 2022 there's a way the seahawks can win if they play better than the broncos and they score more points a la john madden analysis but if another reason they could lose the Broncos is if they walk into Seattle, like the Cowboys uh, were acting like when the Broncos came to town last year, completely overconfident, completely assured and guaranteed they were going to win. They don't have to try as hard. If the Broncos get too big a heads with this game with Russell Wilson and the revenge factor, they could uh, underperform, but, I was going to say earlier, Scott, you can play this game in Seattle and Denver on the moon. The Broncos on paper are a better football team. And that's what it comes down to. They have better players and I think better coaches. So if the Broncos play their brand of football, they should have no problems. Yeah, I think there's there's better depth. The, the Seahawks weren't as bad as their record last year. Um, I, I don't think if you look overall across, you know, the the different metrics and stuff, you know, considering that they had the same record as like the Atlanta Falcons. There, there wasn't any comparison. Seattle was a much better team, some tougher loss, some unexplainable losses in there. And then they beat some good teams. They had a tougher schedule. Um, but 
if you walk in there, and I don't think it's really a, a, you have to worry about them even getting up on this. This team is chomping at the bit. You know, they haven't, most of the starters haven't gotten to play. This isn't game six where they're starting, you know, kind of, you know, into the regular, into the grind. It's game one, Monday night football. Uh, Sunday night might be the big one thing, the big one now, but Monday night football is still a big deal on national TV. Russell coming home. These boys are going to be up for it. Can the Seahawks win? Yeah, they can, but they are a big home dog for a reason. Denver Broncos should be the better team. Yeah, right. should, is, should is the operative word there. McKay, yeah, I mean, he should. It's gotta, that's why you got to play him. But, uh, you know, it's a, a big spread in NFL is seven points, and, and the Broncos are six and a half. That's a big spread. We're not talking college football with a 49-point line or an off. <laughs> sure. You know, it's a, it's a touchdown. It's a touchdown. But being a road dog, there's a bunch of them this year, actually. So there's some big swings in teams this year. Uh, this week, there's a bunch of road dogs. Check out my bookie where we posted it in the description. Go look at it because there's more road dogs this week than I'm used to seeing ever. And use code Wilson22 when you check and out. Yeah, to double your deposit. Uh, Michaela comes in. She's coming in yellow. Thank she you, says, Michaela. hi, Scott and Zach. Much love to you all. Right back at you, Michaela. For the Broncos, must items on the agenda have been accomplished. Now let's ride. Yeah, the, the, must, the must-haves for sure as far as the off-season checklists. I think the one I think we'd probably still like to have seen um, addressed is a healthy right tackle. <laughs> That'd be nice. But all of the other things, quarterback, yep. Edge rushers, got them. Resign your quarterback, uh, got those. New coach, yep. New ownership, done. Let's ride. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Nothing more to add. Yeah, uh, the Broncos have to just play football now, stay healthy, and win games. That's what's left on the uh, bucket list for this year. So thanks, thanks again, Michaela. Uh, appreciate you for sure. Um, we can get into the the topic of the show. We're 15 minutes in. It's actually earlier to get into it than usual. Um, you know, we can start focusing on the Seahawks, and if if you want, we can just start with a glamour position where there's, um, well, for most teams, it's considered a glamour position. Uh, Geno Smith looks like he's going to be the starter against the against the against the Broncos. Um, quarterback. Any controversy there or, you know, Geno Smith, Drew Locke, it would have been an interesting story, but um, Geno Smith's going to be the guy, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, their situation played out eerily similar to last year with the Broncos where they had Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, and they went with the safer, uh, higher floor choice. And I say that loosely in Geno Smith. Both are terrible choices. And, you know, I was obviously a big Drew proponent, but when I watched that preseason game a few weeks ago with his job on the line pretty much and he throws two brutal picks, I'm like, okay, you know what? The Broncos were right. They got Russell Wilson. Drew's their problem now. So, yeah, Geno's going to be the guy, but he's, to me, a little frail as a quarterback. And if the Broncos get after him enough and hit him, I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying we might see number two in the game, number two being Drew Locke. Um. Yeah, well, you know, there's a, there a lot of discussion in there about, oh, Drew Locke deserves this, Drew Locke deserves that. And I'm like, most guys don't get a third year in the NFL, you know, a fourth year in the NFL. They they just don't. That's the average lifespan for guys is less than that. They're, you know, you usually know what you got by then and you're either moving on or looking to resign or they're established. Um, I, I looked at some numbers and... Um, Looking at how Geno Smith performed last year for the Seattle Seahawks, I'm not surprised that Pete Carroll says, okay, um, I'm, I'm okay with this. Um, when he came in, he played 
pretty well last year. He came in on an emergency against the Rams, so he didn't get the start on that. You know, 10 of 17, touchdown interception. And then the next three games, uh, 23 of 32, touchdown, no interception. He didn't throw another interception. 12 for 22, touchdown. 20 for 24 against Jacksonville in a win. Uh, two touchdowns, no interceptions. So in his four appearances, three starts, he was five touchdowns, one interception. His cumulative rating was 103, which is really, really good. It was a tenth of a point lower than than what uh, Russell Wilson had. Um, he had three, his three starts, his lowest quarterback rating for whatever you want to take this as was 94.3. So he had three 90 plus quarterback ratings you want to take a guess off the top of your head how many 90-plus quarterback ratings Drew Locke had as a starter? I'm going to say zero or one at most. Wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't that bad. It was It was <laughs> seven. It was seven. So Geno Smith had three and three starts last year. Drew Locke had seven in his career. So, you know, it, it's, again, like you said, it's not a – there is no right answer is the problem. You know, it's Geno Smith, eh. Drew Locke, man, God, you know, what are we doing here? Um, were they in it? Do you remember? Because I was thinking about this. Were they one of the teams that was kicking the tires on Deshaun Watson? Or was uh, there I someone else that they were talking about, do you remember, in the offseason as maybe that they were going after? Garoppolo was the other guy, I thought. Okay. Deshaun was either uh, Carolina or Cleveland all the way. So uh, New Orleans and Atlanta were, there, were in their big at the end. I mean, there was – Atlanta thought it was done. Uh, Atlanta thought it was done, which would have been real, real interesting because Arthur Blank, you know, Deshaun was a ball boy in Atlanta while Arthur Blank was there. So Arthur Blank, the the owner, was spearheading all of that until, you know, someone came up with $250 million of guaranteed money and then it doesn't really matter anymore. What matters to me, though, Ben Wallman coming in with the support. He does not have a uh, he does not have a question yet. Ben, I can't quite tell what that that picture is oh it's a bronco no it's like a broncos batman symbol yeah i was like it's a bronco with like um snoopy and you know not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl not anymore the biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names clothes identities and bodies Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
winner. Looking up at the moon for the great <laughs> pumpkin or something. It's the great Bronco. Scott, I have a um, question for you, though. You know, you rattled off those Geno numbers. How many games did they win, though, in his starts? One. That's, yeah, he was. they were one and two. Sounds a lot like uh, Teddy Bridgewater to me. You know, he's just an average middling starter yeah. with middling number. He's not ever going to throw for three or four touchdowns a game. He'll throw for, what, 200 yards, I would assume, was his average in those three starts, 200, 250 yeah, it yards. It wasn't even. He was 175, yeah. 180. He's a good stopgap which is what Teddy was his entire career until the Carolina Panthers lost their minds. Uh, you know, we had the discussion all last year. Teddy Bridgewater was a six or $7 million quarterback that Carolina handed up after a nice hot run with the, with the saints handed, you know, a $20 million a year contract to, it was insane. It was insane. And, you know, which that's not Teddy's fault. Um, you know, but what was Drew Locke's record last year starting for the Broncos? I don't want. I don't want to have to remember that. All I heard was Geno Bridgewater. It was zero three. He was he was zero three as a starter. They he, he they were zero and three. So, um, again, you're like, I've got crap and well more crap. You know, it's it's not a good situation at quarterback for them now. What again? What are you doing here? What do you? What's your goal for the season if you're the Seattle Seahawks? Honestly. I think their goal is to rebuild, and I think they know that. You know, two average quarterbacks, an older roster in some por- uh, portions that it's just not blowing off the uh, the uh, the tape to anyone. I think they're in for a long season, Seattle. I think uh, Pete Carroll and John Schneider know that, so their expectations aren't too high. I feel like. Yeah, it's it's you know, do we want to put together a good roster and get our quarterback next year? I mean, is it the Broncos? Is, is that what you're looking for? Is that your model right now? It's, you know, I've got, you know, if I'm, I'm sitting here looking and I, I've got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, you know, Rashad Penny. I just sent a, I just spent a second round pick on Kenneth Walker, Michigan state guy ran for 1700 yards and 18 touchdowns last year. I've got some pretty good pieces on defense. You know, we mentioned that the quarterback situation is very similar to, to Denver Broncos last year. It feels like most of the situation is a lot like Denver Broncos last year. This, this roster is not awful. There's some good pieces there. Um, <clears throat> so you've got to be careful that the quarterback doesn't go on a heater and can, you know, lifting up the rest of the players. Cause there's some talent here. There, there is. It's going to come down to the C word, which, you know, you've been on the podcast enough now with me, Scott, to know what that C word is. And <laughs> it's coaching. You know, when it comes down to Pete Carroll and uh, Shane Waldron, I think is their OC and whatever they can do with Geno Smith and or Drew Locke, they're going to do. But I was going to say to the previous thing about quarterbacks, if the Broncos in week one cannot beat the second coming of Teddy Bridgewater with this roster, there's an issue. They really should have on paper no problems taking care of the Seahawks. Yeah, like I said, they're they're a big favorite for a reason. And, and seven points on the road in the NFL is a big number. Now, I'll tell you what, going back and looking at <clears throat> the my bookie read uh and, and looking at the uh looking at the site, I went down and what struck me, I've told you before, I do pretty good over-unders on this, and I, I'm pretty good at this at, at picking these. So when I see something that stands out to me, the over-under stood out to me when you're looking at this and you're thinking the over under with a six and a half point favorite i don't know if you've looked at it if you haven't then this isn't going to be any good but what would you think the over under is like if you've got a score prediction conservatively what would you what would you think of the score i'm gonna say like it's 35 or 36 <laughs> okay <laughs> then you want to go under I'm thinking, you know, sorry to like you know blow my you know we'll do this again later as we get through the week but you know i'm thinking 34 17 
you know, 30, you know, 27, 21, that's 48 points over under on this is only 43. That's close. So yeah, it was low. It's, it's low. And you were even lower than that. So you're thinking like, you know, 28 to six. I can see that as a type of score, which is possible, which is possible. So um, for some reason, I felt like, you know, if the Broncos get in the thirties, which I kind of expect, then you only need 10 points from the Seattle Seahawks. So we're kind of moving up this, but Howie freaking day coming in. said, what's up fellas last weekend without meaningful, meaningful football. Uh, I, feel pro- I still like, I still like the college game. Um, I don't watch it like I used to though. I used to be, um, you know, I'd, I'd watch the, the five straight sec games uh, when I was, you know, about 25 to 35, honestly, noon, three, six, seven and nine there were five straight games i watched all five of them um now i'm lucky if i catch pieces of five of them and last night i fell asleep watching utah florida so um and i think georgia and uh an oregon was that was enough to put you asleep unless you were a georgia fan because that one got that one was over quickly so i i do like college football and phil comes in says which matchups if any does seattle win good question phil not quarterback. I know that for one. Um, but, don't, don't, but the quarterbacks don't play each other. So yeah, I mean, things... just like on each team respectively, like their counterparts. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I was going to say receiver they had. I'm just trying to think of the Seahawks roster, you know, where they're overly better than the Broncos. And mm-hmm. I can't say I'm a Seahawks expert, but let's say defense, for example, that defensive line, that front seven could give the Broncos O-line some problems mm-hmm. considering they never – had a chance to gel together in the preseason. They have, hopefully we think Billy Turner at right tackle. Um, So it could be, you know, a tough situation there. That's where Seattle could get the upper hand, but I can't think of anywhere else. I like their, their, both of their receivers are really good uh, of their top two. And you got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So, you know, if Sertan's able to take out one, you're able to roll coverage over to the other, that should help. But if you get one, if you've got those guys one-on-one, you like the Sertan matchup most of the time. And, and that's no disrespect to Pat Sertan. A good wide receiver is going to beat a good corner in, if, if all else is equal because just, just, it's just the way the rules are. It's the way the game is. The, the corner is having to guess which way he's going. And, you know, there's, it, it's just the way it is. You know, if you can hold your own and limit the guy and limit the yards after the catch, you did a good job as a corner. Giving up some catches, that, that, it's going to happen. Um, so if you're one-on-one on the other side – you know, and you're going Darby against Lockett or, or Metcalf, depending on how that is, that's a matchup I could see going towards the Seahawks if, if you get decent quarterback play, if you're able to protect him. Those are the, that's the problem about having those receivers. Uh, you know, what good's a receiver if the quarterback isn't worth a damn? Uh, what good is a receiver if the quarterback is pretty good and he's on his back? So that's the problem with this team, Zach is the two best players on offense are both receivers, and you don't have any guarantee you can even get them the ball. You made the two points I was going to make. Excellent. Yeah, about, you know, they put DK on Ronald Darby. I'm panicking a little bit, but I would assume you have double coverage with mm-hmm. Justin Simmons in a bracket or over the top in some capacity, I hope, because I don't trust Darby one-on-one with Metcalf. PS2, different story. Um yeah, I mean, I was going to say as well, the Seahawks receivers aren't bad. It might be the strength of their team, but when you have Geno Smith at quarterback, it might not matter. If the Broncos get after Geno enough and confound him and sack him and harass him, DK and Tyler ain't doing nothing. And after them, Scott, who really is there to catch the ball? After them, you've got a couple of good running backs. Um, you know, 
be careful saying that too loud. No one fan might hear you. You know, it's one of those, I'm, I am so superstitious as, as analytical and logical as I am. I am a superstitious mug for God's sakes, the gods of football and everything else will hear you. If you are too loud and Noah Fant will have 10 catches for 140 yards. If you, who else is going to catch the ball? Oh crap. I forgot about the former Bronco. Um, but Noah Fant could be a, could be a guy for them. Um, question in here real quick. Um, Victor T, I like what he says. So the Seahawks aren't even starting Locke. Does that officially mean Denver won the trade? I don't think Drew Locke was the linchpin of that trade. Um, you know, the fact is, it's it's one of the problems a little bit with the whole system. I, I do like international football because they, they trade in cash. You buy out somebody's contract. So I give you, if I want Russell Wilson, I'm going to send you $200 million. And then I have to sign him to a new contract. Um, but I'm buying out his contract. So you can get better right away. You can, you can take that money and go buy a veteran. I can go buy four veterans. I can go get four new offensive linemen at 50 million a piece. That's how international soccer works, which is really cool. In American sports, the, the currency of trade is veterans for draft picks or young prospects who are unproven. So on paper, you really, really like what the what the Seahawks were able to do. You got a guy that wanted to get away and you were able to get a, some really, really good draft capital, a starting defensive lineman, a starting tight end and a serviceable quarterback out of it. That's good. That's a good return for a want away 33-year-old quarterback. It's a really good return. But unfortunately, you don't know how it's going to pan out because you don't know how you're going to do in the draft. So Charles Cross is a, was a, is a, we'll see. He's a maybe. There's no definites there. Not that there's ever any sure things. Russell Wilson's not a sure thing. But depending, when you trade for draft picks, it depends on how you draft. And, and that won't be anything. But on paper, I thought it was a really good deal for both teams. Yeah, note of clarification. I didn't forget about Noah Fant. I just don't think he's going to do anything. So I'm just kind of discounting him completely. (laughs) Um, In terms of the trade, I thought the Broncos won it. I mean, not surrendering more than uh, two first-round draft picks. First rounds alone, I mean, uh, was a steal for the Broncos. Giving up players that really weren't foundational guys. We all like Shelby Harris, but he wasn't Simmons or PS2 or even Draymond Jones. He was expendable. Noah Fant, expendable. Drew Locke and that trade, expendable. You're getting a nine-time Pro Bowl or one of the best best quarterbacks in the NFL for a decade long. Now, I think it was a win for both sides, but um, the only thing that the Seattle can fall back on is the capital they've received in return, but that's Mm going to be diminished. If the Broncos have a good season, you know, if they go on a major playoff from Mm -hmm. that capital is not going to be worth as much as the Seahawks pick the Broncos got back. So I think if you have to decide the Broncos won the street. Yeah. And you're, you're in a different window. Like for the most part, the, the Denver Broncos are a young team. Now they have a veteran quarterback. If this was a, you know, if this was an old team and this was like now or next year or never, you'd be a little bit more nervous about it, but this is a team that can keep growing. You know, and you- Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden, 
and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You'll have free agency money and you'll it's it's a team that's that's now has a window for seven, eight years. I mean, think of who the stars are on this team. They've all none of them are at the end of their careers. You know, you talk, you know, who, who are the old guys out there? You know, Kareem Jackson. OK, um, OK, I'm done. <laughs> Everybody else is is a young, young player. Um, so you could afford to not have your draft picks and try and force them into a lineup with a bunch of, you know, good young veterans. So the Seattle got what they needed. The Broncos got what they needed. Um, so again, that's why I feel like it was a good deal for both. Having been on the other side of that, we're a crappy team. A lot of people in Atlanta were very envious of what the Seattle Seahawks did. I promise you that they were very envious. Um, RD coming in from the, it looks like Canadian Dallas. So uh, north of the border, welcome in, R.D. Appreciate you being here. It feels like a, a newer set of initials and location for us, so appreciate you being here. He says, are you worried new team and no preseason, ga- preseason games will cause a slow start? Playoffs will be hard if you don't start 4-0 and 3-1 based on the schedule. I don't know personally if the preseason is going to correlate to the regular season, but that's kind of why I predicted the – uh, over under as I did, you know, a lower mm-hmm. number because maybe this is a game the Broncos don't win on offense. Maybe this is a game where the defense takes over because they are a little ahead of the offense based on training camp in the preseason. So slow is subjective. If the Broncos win, you know, 24 to, to 18 instead of 40, nothing, a win's a win. I don't care how they get the victories as long as they get those dubs, but it could be a case where until midseason, and that's what you want anyway. You don't want the Broncos. It's like peaking in high school. You don't want to peak in high school. You want to peak later in life. And we want the Broncos to peak later in the season. So if it's a slow start and they're still winning games, fine. If they drop a game in the first quarter of the season, fine. It's no time to panic. Let the Broncos find themselves. And by December, they're going to be a well-oiled machine. I, I agree with you, though, RD. You know, you you, you need to, with, with, uh, with all of the newness, coming out with a, a fairly hot start with the new coach who's unproven is the quarterback, all this, all the questions, they're not shouts, but they're questions all that they get a little bit louder and all that noise starts getting a little bit louder. And the schedule does toughen up the second half of the season. So I think I had the Broncos six and two um, after the first eight, um, but we'll see. Will it be a slow start again? Get the dubs uh, at the end of the season. They don't ask you how they ask you how many. Um, so, so get the dubs and, and no one will care, go out and win. And, um, if you watch the Seattle Seahawks in the preseason at all, there wasn't anything about their starters playing that scares you. 
that makes you think they played some of their starters and that filled you with confidence, frankly. There's uh, also the again, case real quick, Scott, sorry to cut you off where okay, I do it all the time. <laughs> if the Broncos can't beat teams like Seattle, Houston, the Jets, there's a case to be made. They don't deserve to make the playoffs anyway. Right. So I, I don't want to say any game's a gimme or a guarantee, but these are inferior teams compared to Denver, you know, rusty or not. Yeah. If you want to be at the end of the season, you know, if, if you want to be one of the teams that people are talking about, these are the games you have, you have to win. Yeah. Um, or at least it makes it harder because then you got to sneak one. It's like, okay, I may have to go to Kansas City and get a win now. Or, you know, I'm going to have to win one that I might not be expected to. You're expected to win this game. Uh, again, appreciate you, RD. Thanks again for coming in. Um, mentioned some of the uh, – Andrew Baker coming in here. I like to take care of the, 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 the superstars coming in. Andrew's one of those guys. This is up. Zach and Scott and fam. That, the fam part, that's all y'all. Who gets more yards week run? The running game or the pass catchers? I'm going to be, I'm going to take my brain over my heart here. And I feel like the Broncos are going to overcompensate a little bit. I don't blame them necessarily. I feel like they're going to just make Russ the centerpiece of that game. They're going to unleash him in Seattle in front of his former adoring fans for the whole world to see. They're going to let Russ cook. So I'm going to say this game is going to be won through the air on the strength of Russell Wilson. It might not be 400 yards and five touchdowns, but it could be 250 and three touchdowns, something like that. Week two. Though, let's say the Broncos start off 1-0. They come home for their home opener. They play Houston of all teams. That's a game where they can win with their ground game alone. So I'm going to say pass catchers week one, and then Javante and Melvin take over week two, 2-0. Two yeah, and Andrew, you you when I'm thinking of this, I'm like, okay, do I remove the running backs receiving yards from the total yards? So is it the receivers and tight ends to have more yards than the, the other guys rushing? Because if I take yards from scrimmage, I'm going to feel could have pretty good about the running backs week in and week out. Honestly, Zach. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to feel good about the running game anyway, as long as the Broncos mm. commit to it, they have two and actually three really good running backs. No, I mean, I mean, not just running game. I mean, just run the yards from scrimmage. So include the reception yardage that Javante and Melvin Gordon and True. Mike Boone could have. It could be 60 to 70 plus yards per game. I'll, I'll frankly, I'll be a little surprised if it's not, um, that they, you know, they get five, six catches a game between the, the offensive backfield. Um, that will start to add up. And then you run for, you know, a hundred minimum, you'd, you'd like to think. Um, so you're talking 170, 180 yards a game as a baseline for, for your, for your running, running backs from scrimmage. That would be a, uh, that'd be a pretty good, well, we talk about all these prop bets. That's right. Set in mind right about there. <laughs> yeah. I was a little distracted because I saw a Williams comment here. I, he thinks I meant the Jets game was week three. I'm just saying the teams on the Broncos yeah. schedule that they're facing this year, the Jets are on there and those that's just an inferior team. The 49ers, obviously we know it's week three. The MHH meetup is happening that day. That's going to be the first barometer though for Denver. They can start off two and no, but those games won't matter until they play a legitimate contender like the Niners. Not unlike last year, Scott, when they went three and no and played Baltimore, look what happened in that game. Yeah, that was we, we gotta gotta wait and see. You know, we I, I remember going back there. I'm not gonna revise history and say, listen, yeah, we I'm not gonna say they're pretenders, but they've done what they were asked to do. Um, you know, and then and then Baltimore, you know, how much difference would it have made? How much what what all changed? But you know, Baltimore beat up Teddy Bridgewater and beat up the team. I mean, it it, it was a that was an ugly game. <laughs> and Vic Fangio's feelings as well. Those were supremely beat up. Yeah, that was uh oh god. That was embarrassing. 
Um, that was definitely embarrassing. We're fairly caught up on the on the on the chat and supers and everything. We're about forty minutes in, so we got some time to kill. Um, Telepolis, I'm going to get back to this uh, the matchups question. You know, because uh, when we talk about matchups, typically you like to if you're talking about strength of roster, we can line it up position for position. You know, quarterback quarterback, but the quarterbacks don't face each other, so the the the, the matchups become you know cornerback against receiver. So right tackle, you know, that's one of the big concerns we have. Um, right tackle, and if they're coming out in a in a three four, also you're looking at Daryl Taylor and uh, Inwaso. I can't pronounce his name. Um, Uchenna Inoso. I, I can't even. I can't pronounce his that's name. That's your I bag. Don't, <laughs> I don't know these guys very. The pronunciation well. king on the podcast. Um, yeah, I'm better with the 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 Spanish names. Inwaso. Um, no. In Woso. In Woso. Um, but last year the teams that led the, the who led their team, Carlos Dunlap, gone. Rasheem Green, gone. Daryl Taylor. I think I just said him. Daryl Taylor, is he the other starter? Yeah, he's the other starter. Um at uh six and a half sacks. So your leading returning sack is is six and a half. And then after that it drops down to two and then a bunch of ones. So Where's Shelby at? Oh, uh, well, he's, he's, I'm looking from last year. Oh, you know, so, so last year, but you know, in a three, four, he's more inside. I, I shouldn't have him too, too much one-on-one. And he play on the right side last year. Wouldn't he be on mm-hmm. Garrett Bowles side? Yeah. So they might move him around a little bit. Um, but you know, you're more concerned with the edge yes. than, and an edge against a tackle. So right now it's, it looks like their their starting opposite edge is in Woso, and I really don't. It looks like he came from the Chargers, possibly. I don't know anything about him. Chase has the uh, correct answer here. A uh, boy, Mafe. The uh, I, I'm pretty sure he's an edge player for Seattle, and uh, that's who's going to be their starter or at least a key contributor. And yeah, they put yeah. Mafe off the edge against Turner. Uh, that's a could be a problem. So I hope uh, they hold up there. Right tackle is pretty much my only worry. With this Broncos roster, they've solved every other hole, but right tackle, man, that continues to remain just a, a sticking point. Yeah, and that's um, it, you start getting a little nervous when there's two of them out there. And Boye, Boye Mafe, good shout there. He's still listed second team, but I think he's going to get starter snaps in pass rushing situations. Uh, very, very good player, very good um, uh, athlete, good at the senior yeah. bowl. And he's been he's been doing really well uh, in the preseason from all the things I've read and heard in uh, in, in Seattle. So yeah, good shout on that one. Um, so he he could be a guy out there as far as matchups again, but it's not as scary a matchup as we might see later on in the season when you've got two. Because if I've got one good one, and then I trust I can I can I can double up one guy it's hard to double up two guys. I can leave a back in there. I can chip him with a tight end. I can do all those type of things to slow him down when I've got one monster rusher out there. When there's two of them out there that are really good, it scares me a little more. So this defensive line right now, the matchup that you fear the most, it's not their strength. So it's not strength on weakness. It's kind of weakness on weakness. So that's all right. I can live with that. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, those players aren't like, you know, Max Crosby, Khalil Mack, some of these players they'll see in the AFC West, but they're also going to face off against a hobbled Billy Turner, who has not seen one rep 
since signing with the Broncos. Coming off a knee scope, a knee injury torpedoed his uh, job with the Packers. That's a hard situation in a loud environment in Seattle for Billy Turner to be in, and I just hope uh, he holds up because you know, Scott, Seattle's going to attack that side. Nwo Sue had five sacks last year, uh, starting 15 games for the Chargers. Um, 40 tackles, five sacks. So, you know, not overwhelming numbers. Bunch of Shelby um, Harris is on that roster, honestly. Six, seven sacks per person. Yep. So, again, Shelby, Shelby's, a, Shelby's a good player. Again, a 3-4, I talk about it all the time. A, an interior lineman on a 3-4, if you get good numbers from that, it's just a bonus. Their job is to let the linebackers flow free. So, it's, uh, it is really tough. Uh, secondary, you know, Jamal Adams out there. You know, is there we worried about him? He was a he was a guy that cost a lot. Speaking of draft capital for a safety, uh, him and Quandre Diggs, and then uh, Tyreek Woolen was a guy I liked in the draft, but he's listed as a first teamer. Um, and he was a speed, a real yeah, he was a UTSA six four corner that we really like. So, you know, are they trying to go back with the Richard Sherman here, trying and reinvent the, the Richard Sherman here? Cause maybe uh, the Legion six, of four, 200 pounds. He was a four, three guy freak of an athlete, but I think he was, there were questions about his coverage ability and yeah, and you, you still got to do that um, coming out. So you feel good about that matchup. I tell you what, against a rookie corner, it just goes to show you how far they've fallen off since the LOB and when they're just forcing Woolen into uh, first-team reps. I'm not scared of Jamal Adams. I-, I thought that was one of the stupidest trades I've ever seen an NFL team make for a safety who's not even, like, a, for me, a game-changing safety. That was a horrible draft pick so, or a trade. I'm not worried about that. Diggs, though, is a ball hawk. Diggs is what Jamal Adams should be as a safety, and that's the one guy who could give Russell Wilson problems, but it's the one guy who Russell Wilson knows best having practice against him and playing or playing with him with Seattle. So I'm not too worried about Russell throwing the ball digs his way or that. Yeah, secondary if I'm, if I'm looking at the, the, the edge weapons um, in, in the downfield weapons for the Broncos, the wide receivers, the tight ends against the Seattle defensive secondary. Ooh, that looks like a big, big edge to the Broncos. Um, speaking of edge, let's go to the other side of the ball. And you think Bradley Chubb, how much, how much Randy Gregory do you think we're going to see? And at what percentage do you think we're going to see Randy Gregory? I don't think he's going to play 100% of snaps. I, I, I think no, he's no, going to be... Sorry. I'm sorry. Not 100%. He, he, of course, he won't. He'll sub in. But are we going to see 100% of Randy Gregory? Or are we going to see a lesser version while he's ramping up? I think psychologically, mentally, I think physically he's okay and healed and the Broncos are working him into practice, but he hasn't had you know much football contact and he has to reacclimate to that. So it might take a few weeks, but he'll be on the field. And fortunately they can spell him with Nick Benito and Baron Browning, two guys who've looked excellent in preseason. So the combination of all them plus Bradley Chubb, I really like Scott real quick, what the Seahawks did with their draft picks at right tackle, taking cross and taking Abraham Lucas. Those are two players I wanted the Broncos to get. And the one thing I wanted the Broncos to do, which is address right tackle, but considering the acclimation period it takes for right tackles as well. And the edge players, the Broncos have, they could make life a real living hell for Gino next Monday night. Yeah. We're, we're, um, We've got a lot of repeat, a lot of loyal watchers, a lot of names we recognize. And I think most of y'all remember that how often I was banging the table for Abraham Lucas for this, for, for the yeah. Broncos, especially where he went. That's one of those guys that I'll look. And I think Travis Jones was another one that went down a little bit lower 
than he was expected. Um, who ended up in Baltimore, big interior defensive lineman and right tackle. Right now, as we're going through the preseason, what were the two big questions as we're watching the preseason game? Big nose guard, right tackle. Um, you know, but we didn't see everybody. You know, uh, Purcell didn't play. Uh, we didn't see DJ Jones yet. Tremont has, you know, we haven't seen the starters. Um, but man, having Travis Jones come in in that second team might have, that would that would have looked pretty good. Um, but I, I agree with you 100. Uh, percent If I'm looking at where we just went the other side, where we're talking their their pass rush against the Broncos' offensive line, which could be questionable. That, that's not going to be. I don't think that's going to be the same strength. It doesn't. They're going to have to scheme their way into sacks. They're going to have to pressure guys and 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 gamble. Uh, they can't just rely on my guy is going to beat your guy. And boy, that's real fun to call a defense when I can just say, okay, I'm going to drop seven in a coverage and send four and I'm going to sack you. I'm going to, I'm going to, you're not getting anywhere. That That's when defensive coordinators look like geniuses and they're not. Um, but on the flip side, uh, you just said it, the Broncos edge and pass rush against what is a relatively young ish offensive line and experienced offensive line for the Seahawks looks like the, the Broncos could eat. Plus the interior players like you just named, DJ Jones, who played the Seahawks twice a year in San Fran, Draymond, who we feel all feel is prime for a Pro Bowl or All-Pro year. They can destroy those centers and guards as well, along with the tackles on the edges. So, yeah, it could be a seven, eight sack night. It could be that ridiculous in a good way. Um, Kid Trunks coming in, Kid Trunks 44 coming in, saying, uh, should we run the ball or let Russ cook? Yes. <laughs> That's it. Both. Why not? Yeah, both? I think, I think, uh, I think you should be able to do both. Honestly, you, if you run the ball and you set up the play action, you hit the deep balls. Um, you can end up with a game. Like we didn't see the Broncos have a game like that, but the game I saw against the Broncos like that last year was the, the first one against the Raiders. You know, it was like 25 yards per completion or something. It was insane. Uh, it was big play after big play. It wasn't a ton, but you're running the ball and you're hitting the big play because you're bringing everybody close to the line of scrimmage. Cause it's like, by God, we have, to, if I can get five, six yards of carry, I'm going to beat you. I'm, I'm just going to keep running it. And you're going to have to stop that because you can't get the ball away from me. And I'm just going to go down and chew up clock and score. So as they come in and commit to stopping the run, you're going over the top on them. And uh, does, does Russell Wilson throw the deep ball much? Is he aggressive? at all throwing the ball I have to go back to the film for that see how good he is <laughs> at the deep ball yeah I think he's decently uh okay but you know like you said the run sets up the pass the pass sets up the run but as I said earlier I just have a feeling the Broncos are going to make a statement with Russell Wilson you know they're going to really prove that they won this trade and he has a lot more to offer and he shouldn't have been kicked to the curb like he was uh with the Seahawks and look we even have a Seattle fan here Jalen coming in peacefully uh, harmoniously saying Seahawks fan here, Russ about to cook us. Yeah. I'm, it, it might not be a game where he throws for 500 yards or has the debut that Peyton Manning did, but he could go like 24 or 28 for 275 and three touchdowns and a perfect quarterback reading. And I will take that all day, every day. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm liking, you know, the idea of 17 to 24, two, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 250 to 300 yards, you know, and then I'm, then I'm rushing for 150 on 30 carries. Okay. And, and, my, and, and, and I, frankly, I'm as interested as watching, you know, for all the defensive this blah, blah, blah from last year. No, don't like it. I'm not having it. 
I'm ready to see the defense attack. Yes. I'm ready to see the defense, the bend and eventually give up a field goal. Oh, it was, it was death by a thousand cuts last year. What was the phrase? We're not going to have death by whatever last Inches. year. Yeah. Yeah. You did. You, you had death by second and three. You had death by third and one all year long. Uh, I'm looking forward to some second and 14s, you know, some third and 17s, some sacks on third down. I'm looking forward to seeing some throws under duress instead of just, oh, yes, third and two. I can just dump this right over the middle here. I'm looking to see some throws under duress and let the the the, the defensive backs pick the ball off going after it. So the takeaways and the sacks, getting guys off the field last year was – it was painful. I was – I mean – you know, for all the expectations, I was more disappointed with the defense last year and the the vanilla based blah Zay that we were forced to watch. Yeah, I think Dylan says it right here, like you were just saying, Scott. Denver played not to lose when they had a coward coach, not this year. And you know, forget death by inches. I'm looking forward to seeing victory by miles, and that's what we're <laughs> going to see starting in week one. I promise you that. You know what? That's not a bad way to get us out of here, Zach. Victory yes, by miles. The mile, mile, the mile high huddle podcast. Victory by miles. Put on a t-shirt. Huddle. Put it on a t-shirt. Get the t-shirt. Bumper <laughs> sticker or something. Yeah, you know. And and Jay said Vic's defense didn't attack or get turnovers. What they didn't do is give up points. I'll tell you what. What surprised me last year, though, um, when I was looking at you know at these stats and we talked about um, as far as the Broncos didn't run many plays and they didn't allow many plays. They just ground the clock down and that's why they didn't score much. They didn't get about much scores. Well, Seattle's defense was kind of middle of the pack. Uh, let me see. Total defense by scoring was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. They were 12th last year. Okay, so not bad. That's upper third. They gave up more plays than anybody per game than anybody in the NFL. So... Somehow, some way, uh, I'd be interested in, uh, you know, finding, you know, learning more and diving back into it. But they were giving up. They had a ton of plays runs again, but they weren't giving up a ton of points. So it was a bend, but don't break. And literally not you're, you're running down, you're working your way down the field, but not scoring. So that, that was a little bit that was interesting to me. So I want to look look farther into that. And maybe we'll do that on Broncos for breakfast in the morning. They've also lost a lot of uh, key players on defense, like you highlighted earlier, not to mention Bobby Wagner as well. I believe he went to the Rams, right? So, um, you know, it's also the case where Russell Wilson has seen Pete Carroll's defense, but Pete Carroll has never seen Russell Wilson's Broncos offense. So at least in week one, that's going to be a major advantage. That's why I'm really not worried about this game. Yeah. I mean, there's, again, I've, I've only root for like one alpha franchise, one alpha team of all my teams. And it's probably this one, uh, Chelsea football club is, you know, a big money, big club team. Everything else I've ever had is like underdogs, man. I worry about everything. (laughs) My teams are always losing. They're always choking it off at the end and losing when they're, you know, it's, it's, it's nice when they're underdogs and well, there's no expectations. Well, we were supposed to lose. I'm not used to playing as a favorite. What's all this? What's all this nonsense? It'll be fun to watch. What do I do with my hands? I don't have any idea right now. That was, though, I think we're going to get out of here tonight, Scott, and just hover handing away. We're going to get out of here for this evening. That was the Mile High Huddle podcast. 
we're back on tomorrow. I think Chad should be back tomorrow night, he said. So Chad and I back on tomorrow night. Scott, I appreciate you filling in, by the way. But in the meantime, follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod. Also, the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. And myself at Kelberman NFL. If you guys want some merchandise, you know what it is, where it is, huddleupod.com. Get your merch on ASAP. And Facebook.com slash Mile Huddle Pod. Like that page and follow that page. And if you have it, guys and gals, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football pre say five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But... If anything, as you see ticking below you, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like y'all. Scott, last word. Oh, last words on this one. Let me go with this one. SSJ Goat coming in with the Bronco as a Seahawks fan. He's like, oh, y'all think you know Russell Wilson. How would you know him better than us? And, And that's not it, SSJ. It's that even a mediocre Russ Wilson that you might say was okay, wasn't his best season. There's so much farther leaps and bounds above what the Broncos have had a quarterback in the last six or seven years that it is a marked improvement, even if he's not a top five guy. You know, he doesn't have to be amazing to lead this team to a championship. He can be really, really good, and he's done that for a long time. So many salty Seahawks fans on on socials, man. But, you know, to your SSJ GOAT, you know, you can lay claim to knowing Russell Wilson with the Seahawks, but we're going to lay claim to knowing Russell Wilson with the Broncos. And we're very excited about what he's going to do with this offense, with this collection of talent and in this scheme. So we'll see y'all in eight days. We're going to get out of here for tonight, though. Take care. Have a great rest of your holiday weekend. Enjoy the holiday tomorrow. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 